Good shaking AC. Well, to be honest with you, I thought the floor was shaking today. I thought we had an earthquake in Victoria. Really? Is that common there? Yeah. <laughs> the, the only time the floor shakes here in Ontario is when I walk down the hall after visiting a Chinese food buffet. Yeah. You eat a little too much and then boom, boom, boom. Down the, yep. down the hallway. Okay, exactly. got it. Like, like a gorilla, King Kong. Yeah. Like, is that before or after you won the the uh, the, po- the world's uh, poutine eating challenge? I don't the know. Smoked that, poutinery. That was an accident. I didn't, ex- I wasn't planning to win that. I just yeah. <laughs> Were you like, did you get the, like the poutine sweats after that? Yeah, the meat and cheese curds and gravy. Yeah. Actually, okay. no, I, I, I'm still kind of hungry. I'm like, I need to go have lunch. Luckily, An actual lunch. Poutine. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I'm sure that everybody that's uh, watching right now is really uh, like excited about this great content we're putting out here. Yeah, they are. Okay. So listen, part-time franchisees bring part-time results. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Factor fiction. Is that true? I hear about that a lot. I've seen it before. Um, I, yeah. I'm leaning towards the fact that it is true. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I get asked this question all the time, right? Especially like, well, newer franchisors. And it's especially common in, uh, especially like mom run businesses like you know um a mom started a boot camp or a a stroller running business or um dance for little like for the kids or something and then they're like well I was a mom or even our friend Ruth from Code Wiz you know like she was as a mom trying to she wanted to start a business that she could be a business owner and you know kind of run from home and so it happens a lot and the problem is typically the people that you attract as franchisees are different than the person that's the founder of the business. And so they come in as franchisees thinking, well, I'll just do this part-time and yeah, part-time effort typically equals part-time results. And if, if the reason they're doing it part-time, so that's part of this is, is that they've got other priorities like another job or kids to take care of or some other reason, then yeah, there's a really good chance that that's going to end up coming first. And now you've locked up a territory that you could have sold. So like, it's especially risky if you're giving up a good territory to somebody who is going to do this as a part-time initiative. So is that irrelevant as to what they're doing in their off time? Like whether they're somebody trying to raise a family or they just want to be a part-time business owner or absentee owner or whatever, because they want to sit on the beach or play golf or whatever. It's irrelevant what they're doing with their spare time. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just a red flag. It goes against one of the pieces of DNA, grit, being hardworking. So if, if somebody has a full-time job and wants to do this on the side, if they can prove to you through their experience and their history and their resume that they are a, an action oriented person. And then they've got the right, you know, traits to do this as well. That might be different, but if the person is, you know, doesn't have the traits and the history of being able to do this successfully, it would be a big red flag to me that they're not ready to put in the work. They're not bought in enough. You know, they're not passionate about it enough or not excited about it enough, or they just don't have when I say traits, I also mean like sort of the skills, you know, required, like the ability to like 
motivate people when you're not there, for example. Right. So it sounds yeah. to me like you're saying there's there's different levels of entrepreneurship, right? There's somebody who wants to work for themselves and just do the the, the regular daily operations. There's somebody that wants to work for themselves and grow stuff. There's somebody that wants to work for themselves and create stuff, which is typically ends up being the founder, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're going to put more into it. So there's a, there's a spectrum of entrepreneurship and oftentimes franchisees and founders aren't on the same uh, level. So a founder might say, I, I built a business and now I can set it aside and it will operate and I will grow. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the franchisee can do that, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like if they're saying they can do it, what's the proof? How do we know that the franchisee can do that? You know, you could do it because you did it, <laughs> right? Like what, like as a founder, you're like, you had this this drive because it was your passion project to, to create this business. So you, you know, you had the drive um, to, to get it to a point where you could step away and build and grow more. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we're, I guess kind of what we're getting at a little bit here is the difference between even like a single unit operator and a multi-unit operator, which I think is something we might want to talk about specifically on its own at some point, or maybe, maybe we'll just talk about it right now. I don't know what's going to happen here, but, but, you know, um, if that's, like that's an important question because I feel like every franchisee signs up with a system with the aspiration of opening up a second one and a third one and a fourth one. And they have to become part-time or even absentee at their original ones. So that, yeah. that sort of almost makes my initial comment a fallacy, but I see the it's, opposite. It's it's harder than people think. And that and I went through it. We had we had the rights to Vancouver Island. And we opened our three stores and we were like, it was really busy. And we decided it was time to start a family. So, you know, it was like, well, we could, we could build out a team, but it's only like we, you know, now we're getting into the business of managing people as opposed to the man- the business of like managing the operations of the store, which includes the people, but you know, you're bringing yourself to a different level and that's, that requires a whole different skill set. Not to say that I don't think we, not that we didn't have the skill set, but we had, a, we had a different desire at the time. And that's where I think, you know, people think, oh yeah, I want to open three, three stores or three territories or whatever, but you always want to get proof of performance before you go there. So it kind of goes back to the part-time question where it's like, I, I want, this is not our model. I want proof of performance. Well, how can you get that? Is there a way to get that with the person? If they, they've been a franchisee before and they did a really good job of maybe running their business by um, setting up a leadership team on site or whatever that is and they've got some, you know, proof on that, then I might be a little more comfortable with it. But not only is part-time, is part-time um, work equal part-time results or whatever the line was that you said, it's also like they're only part-time invested. So yeah. if you're strictly just wanting to be part-time um, and have another corporate job or be have time with the family or go sit on the beach, like you said, that one to me is a big red flag. So what you're saying is somebody who's talking about building more units. That's totally different. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that a franchisee isn't the same thing as a multi-unit franchisee. Yeah. Well, single unit isn't the same as a multi-unit franchisee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. And, and um, just to clarify, like um, with that, that initial, um, even if it is a a franchisee, that's going to go in in part-time and you're, they, they've got some, you know, kind of rock star credentials, in small business, that's another thing I think we've talked about once a little bit that just because somebody has really good corporate business side, that doesn't necessarily translate. So you got to be careful on that. But if they've 
if they've got the right, you know, DNA to run a small business and be a franchisee and all that, and you're going to do it, they're probably still going to have to put in the first, say like six months hands-on to set the culture and set the standards and, and be the face of, you know, the franchisee face of that brand in that market. Like even, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty unique to be able to go in and really just start out part-time and build a team right from the beginning without having right. to be there. So if a franchisee comes to you and, and, and they want to be a multi-unit franchisee, which seems to be everyone's aspirations, you always vet them on the ability to run one at a satisfactory or above satisfactory performance level. And then potentially in the future, you can sell them more locations. But if somebody comes to you and says, I want to buy five right away, which I know some of your clients have had that, there's a whole other uh, vetting process on whether they can handle that because they're essentially part-time or absentee right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're going to super, super vet them, which I think you should anyway, always, but you're going to be super vetting them and you're going to vet them for different skills. Their, their, their leadership skills need to be at a whole other level. Um, their ability to, um, their productivity, you know, their ability to focus, to understand their numbers, that all needs to be at a whole different level. So I'm looking then for like, ideally experienced doing that if they're coming in yeah as that multi-unit cool operator i guess well, we have answered my question yeah we went from part-time to multi-unit to we went all over and we talked about poutine <laughs> okay ready let's wrap it up we're done three two one go, go be, be awesome, awesome. <laughs>